Hey, what up fanboys and fangirls, welcome to another edition of Talkin' Pop. It's the podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host, Stefan Chise, and of course joining me is my co-host, my brother from the same mother, Pico. What's up, guys? And what should you know, this podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest and greatest way to create a podcast. They give you tools that all you need, and they can help distribute your podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever you get your Apple fixed. Don't forget, we're also available on iHeartRadio. You can check out our merch store at teespring.com slash store slash pop. Make sure to buy the merch. We got shirts. We got shirts for men, women, kids. We also got tank tops because it's freaking warm outside. It's summer. And if you want to stock up on hoodies, we do also have hoodies for the winter, for the fall. Um, we also have coffee mugs. If you want to wake up with a cup of joe with the pops are not staring right at you, that's our logo. Uh, we also have covers for iPhones and Samsung phone cases. Don't forget, that is teespring.com slash store slash pop. Um, you can also support the podcast on Patreon. That's right, guys. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash talkpop. We have three tiers. For tier one, for as little as $5 a month, you get choice of your own topic. Not only will we do your topic for a future episode of the podcast, you also will get a credit for that topic on the podcast itself because your name will get out there. If you got promoted something, it could be your screen name, whatever. Just think of a topic, subscribe for five bucks. It's as easy as five bucks a month. You also have a $10 tier, even a $20 tier for $10. Not only you get access to your own topic and shout out, you also get a special promo code at our store, an exclusive promo code you can use anytime you want. It does not expire. You can use that code on your total purchase of this merch store. So it's, it's $10. Or if you want to go for super, go for the tier three, you can go for $20. For $20, not only you get your topic, shout out, promo code at the store, but you also get a monthly AMA, which will randomize between me and Biko. It can be questions that you yourself can personally ask us. It will give you a response right away. Also too, you'll get access to exclusive audio of us doing video commentaries on famous movies. If you remember our Super Mario Brothers movie commentary track that was part of an episode of Talk and Pop, this time we're going to do random movies. You don't know what movie is, it's only exclusively for Patreon subscribers who decide to subscribe with Tier 3. So, what are you waiting for? Support the podcast. All proceeds go to support the podcast. It can help us save money to possibly get better equipment or even, you know, save up for future conventions. We can do commentaries on. Whatever it is, any money you can donate will help the podcast. You can also support Anchor as well. If you go to the main page on at anchor.fm slash talking-pop, you can support the podcast there as well. Make sure to hit that follow button. Make sure to check out our Twitter at poptalking, all one word. We also have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash talkingpop. Make sure if you have any questions for us or you have a suggestion for a topic, you can chime us on there on Facebook as well. Then let's go on. Let's get on with the show. Um, as you know, right now, uh, man, I had a bit of a health scare right now with the whole COVID-19 right now. So I'm barely recovering right now. So pardon me if I, you know, am I coughing a little bit, but, you know, I just had a health scare last Thursday. I had to get tested. Um, hopefully, I haven't got a call yet. So I'm keeping my phone open right now. Hopefully, I do get a call back for my results right now. So hopefully, it'll be good news. Hopefully it's not bad news, especially with right now with the current nation. Some cases are spiking right now, Pico, as you know, especially like in the cellular states as well. There was a one day they had like the most cases in one day. 
Allegedly. Yeah. They report all the highest reporting of cases, but no deaths. And which Brazil takes the cake when it comes to, they reported as much as 800,000 deaths. Uh, mm. So they're leading with that. But, I mean, it's not a fucking competition. <laughs> Either way, it's awful. Because um, those are people losing their life. For something that we still don't understand, because it rapidly changes, um, I did read that there was a vaccine trial that's taken place that's on the second stages, uh, the you know the University of Oxford. Uh, but when I was reading the article, it was a little weird because it was hard to understand. But they are the second stage when they produce a vaccine is efficacy, which is uh, the first stage being in layman's terms when they test a drug. They wanted to make sure that it doesn't kill anybody, uh, and they've proved that it's successful. So now they moved it to the second stage of efficacy, which is where they want to see if the now that we know the drug can't, doesn't test doesn't kill anybody, they want to see how much they can take it into a larger scale, and they want to test that out in and under a certain time frame, considering that we need a vaccine right away, that they want to push it. And so the third stage being how they can launch it into a larger scale uh, just in time. But they can't do that unless the, the second trial gets taken place and proved successful. But uh, this is in due time, folks. And even then, I don't... I know the need for vaccine is very much kind of a priority but at the same time this doesn't we only know that vaccines are proven through time and time is a very much an important factor and even if we roll out these things we can't determine whether it's gonna right away show that it's able to prove effective but nonetheless it's it is somewhat of a glimpse in a brighter spot with the whole covid madness going on right now uh, at least you can see. I mean, all the whole world is fucking. I'm, I'm hoping our institutions are getting behind a lot of these the medical research, and hopefully we can see with time. We can only tell. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, something that will. It's always up in the air, and I don't. I don't know. I think I'm a little worried too. Too worried about a bunch of shit. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a good spot. I mean, University of Oxford's a highly. I mean, it's one of the oldest. Probably the oldest university in the world. So we have them. We have John Hopkins producing uh, vaccine trials. Uh, there's a university in Canada that's been doing that's proven it's worth. Uh, I know Stanford's also researching and producing vaccine trials. So, you know, we have a lot of these higher education institutions really putting in the work. Um, so kudos to them. Kudos to the scientists and the medical examiners and everyone working hard trying to... to uh, go against this epidemic or pandemic that we're facing right now. Yep, it's it's kind of hard, man. Like, for me right now, it's like the last, was a few days, I was pretty much in isolation for like 72 hours, like from like last weekend. Especially I spent the whole weekend in my room, guys. So it was like, it, I was that bad. Um, I'm do, Like I said, I'm doing a little better now, but at the same time, in my mind, it's the whole, you know, seven day waiting just to hear your results, which... I just wish we had better testing, you know, it's like seven days, dude, like, and I know there's been like reports that, you know, don't say symptoms takes a while for it to develop, but it's like seven days not enough to find out if you have it or not, 
I just wish the tests were a little bit more advanced where you can get it right away. But the problem is with this, this was like an emergency situation for myself, you know, Beagle did the, the privilege of helping me out and getting me to go get tested, but I was there was a private firm doing the tests, so it's the difference between that and going to a doctor, you know, going to a hospital, but, but the hospitals, you know, it's pretty crazy right now, like I know they're reporting like a lot more cases and a lot more like travel, quarantine suggestions as well, I know I think Illinois added like Tennessee and Oklahoma right now. To the, to the list of, like, if you're traveling to or traveling from those states, to quarantine yourself, like, 14 days. Um, I know Disney World right now is putting more restrictions on as well. But I think, one, like, I didn't want to go over, like, more COVID stuff, but I do want to talk about one film that celebrating its 10th anniversary. Um, it is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. And I know what the whole, before COVID was, you know, taking effect, they were planning to do some, like, 10 anniversary screenings and with some intros by the cast and crew. Um, so what Edgar Wright decided to do, I know he's been talks of possibly exploring that world again and possibly animated form. I would love to see that. And I think I've discussed it, like, in, like, some episodes ago about it. And I think it was, like, a few episodes ago they were talking about getting together and do, like, a table read, like, a virtual table read. And apparently yesterday they did. Um, yesterday, um, they, uh, this is from Entertainment Weekly, they actually put the link to the video itself, and they decided to get together, and do a bridge version of Scott Pringles' role, an actual script reading. Um, they got most of the cast together, they got, um, uh, Michael Cera, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, Chris Evans, um, Anna Kendrick, Allison Pill, Aubrey Plaza, May Whitman, Jason Schwartzman, Brandon Ralph, Mark Weber, uh, Ellie, Ellen Wong, Sasha Barba, even, um, the co-writer Michael Bacall, Edgar Wright himself, Brian Lee O'Malley was even there, featured as well. He was doing like the sketches of his characters in real time. And they were doing and it's like for a charity, they were doing it for um let's see if I can find the name of the charity here because they mentioned that I saw the whole video yesterday. Uh it's called Water for People. It's a global nonprofit that helps people bring clean water and sanitation solutions to their communities. It says here, as Phil starts at the pub of just released video that documents the event, we are here to support water for people. This pandemic is late before bear the huge gaps in critical infrastructure. And one of the best ways to prevent the spread of disease is available to over 3 billion people. They don't have clean water, so they can't wash their hands. They don't have sanitation solutions, so diseases can spread quickly. And people pretty much could donate via the Scott Program page. Um, water for the People website. Those who do, do so will get a chance to win one of their drawings completed by Liam. Brian Lee O'Malley during the course of the table read. So that was kind of cool. So I saw the video. It was like an hour 26. You can go on their website. I don't know if they have it under. They probably have it under their YouTube channel. It was kind of cool seeing the whole cast. So most of the cast. You know, there were a few that were missing like Brie Larson. And you know, um, Kieran Culkin was missing as well. And, but it was kind of cool seeing everybody together get together for, you know, for this cause. And of course, you know, they were planning to do something like this. Before the pandemic hit, you know, celebrate the 10th anniversary. Of course, right now they're waiting for theaters to open up again. Um, watch the table read, guys. It was kind of cool seeing them all together. Even, you know, seeing all the actors that enjoyed their time working on this film. Um, overall, the movie itself, it's something that, you know, for me, like, I didn't get into the graphic dowels. So, you can, like, chastise me all you want. I got into it after watching the film. And it was something that, you know, me and Biko decided, we saw, we heard about it, we read about it, but we never actually got to see it in theaters. We actually buy, ended up buying the, the Blu-ray itself, like the DVD when it came out. 
I mean, I, I didn't know it was based on a graphic novel. Um, so I bought the graphic novel after the film, after watching the film on DVD. I enjoyed the film. You know, I know they decided to premiere at Comic-Con that year it came out 10 years ago. It didn't, like, when it, if it was doing well, I got good reviews during that screening. But I guess for the critics, it didn't hit not so much. But became pretty much of a cult classic because, I mean, be able to take that type of imagery, having Universal backing that film, and a, and a director such as Edgar Wright who came, you know, directing, you know, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, those films, and, you know, getting a cast that, you know, you would have thought to see in the movie together. Because you had, like, Chris Evans before Captain America. Brad Ralph, who pretty much came before, like, after trying that Superman. Mary Elizabeth Wednesday, you probably saw her like in Sky High. <laughs> Michael Cera, you know, who was trying to shade the weight of, you know, being those films with Seth Rogen and being the super bad and stuff, trying to show his acting chops so that he could be in a superhero type film. Because I was like early on with the before the superhero comic book films came out, because like I said, this was based on a graphic novel, and but going back and reading the graphic novels after watching the film, I was able to understand more of the references of the film itself, and you know, um, I wish, I know the film took all the best parts from the graphic novels, um, but there's so much backstory in those six volumes where it never got addressed. I understand because of time constraints, they couldn't do it. I mean, they did some nods to some characters that were in feature in the graphic novel they couldn't got into, and there's some storylines in the graphic novels they couldn't address in the film itself. Like I said, it took like some good parts of the film. Um... But overall, the visuals were great. The effects were amazing. I mean, this film came out in 2010, guys. It was like, in something 10 years. It does hold up now because of the whole video game stuff. And, it, you know, explores relationships and stuff. And, yeah, seven evil exes. But if you think about it, each one have a point, you know. Each ex represented some point in the life of the characters. Like Ramona. Ramona Flowers. Um, and then, of course, you got Scott Prigram, who, you know, 20-something-year-old kid, you know, wanted to be in a band with his, kid, with his friends and met this girl, you know, it's one of those stories where boy meets girl, but, you know, boy has to fight seven evil exes to, to get to, to win her heart, um, but, like I said, each, like, I will say each ex kind of represents, like, a personality quirk or time where, where Ramona went through, like, the evolution of her character, so the thing with Scott Kruger, I mean, he had to go through, like, they're just phases, phases, like, teenage phases. phases, but in Canada, which kind of piqued my interest, was if, you know, Canada, I mean, but overall, I do definitely, I do recommend you read the graphic novels. They're really good. I know I just recently got, like, the, which I uh, came across. I actually ended up getting the three, op, like, they released, like, they did it last year, but it was on Amazon. Um, they ended up releasing, like, the three books. They ended up putting the six books, put them in three big omnibuses, the two books combined. So he had three big books, but he colorized them. So he got, like, a, by Lou Malley, decided get him colorized by a guy who worked on I forgot his name it's on the thing but he worked for Marvel and DC so for color color designs it looks amazing I haven't read it yet but I just went through the pages right now because I just got it like Monday um it looks amazing like the colors it kind of makes sense because I mean I like for Riley Man he went with the whole graphic novel style and he did with the manga style which is like black and white and some shades of grey because that's how in Japan how they do it because you know in Japan when it comes to manga the only time you see color pages is usually if you buy the magazine. But so when you get it like published in a volume, of course, it saves money if you print in black and white. 
it kind of makes it cheaper if you're then putting it in color because I think with color with the ink it kind of costs more. Yeah. Printing it in color versus printing it in black and white because most manga what I bought so far usually costs like around ten or eleven dollars depending on publisher. But it's I can see why they go with black and white because it is kind of cheaper. But if you get the magazine, it's like like I said with the magazine in Japan, it's like it's every week. But sometimes the authors get like the manga guys they get like you know they get commissioned to do a color art page for their chapters which is kind of cool I think if you live in Japan you get a better chance to see them in color um, sometimes the Minecraft will show on their Twitter as well how it looks in color as well but um, yeah going back to Scott Pilgrim so yeah the table read was kind of cool it's kind of awesome um, and like I said I might go back and start rereading the graphic novels again I watched the film again um, and let me know that me and Biko love the film so much we end up getting uh, matching tattoos um um, we had a game the Sex Bomb logo, <laughs> so we both have it on our arms. Just show like a brotherly bond tattoo, because we both love the film. You know, it's something that you can always rewatch over and over again. Like I said, Edgar Wright, um, he was talking because you know they were promoting this whole um, table read, and you know with the with the anniversary of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, um, he, I guess he was talking with the creator about that about possibly doing like an animated version of it. And probably with the anime version, you could probably do more with the plot and do more the backstory with each character. And uh, hopefully, if he does do that, and they do do that, and like the studio picks it up, we could get like the actors from the films to do voices, like the reprise roles. But we have to wait and see. But definitely check out that table read. If you go to entertainmentweekly.com, they have the link to the video on there. Definitely check it out. You know, like I said, I was laughing and, you know, they looked like they were having a good time. You know, it was through a Zoom call, but they were having a good time doing it. And they were doing it for a good cause. So definitely check it out. Make sure to check out the film. Make sure right now, I think it's on Netflix right now. I think the film is streaming on Netflix. So definitely check it down. Watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. But if you want to read the graphic novel first, just to get an idea of what the whole plot is, um, definitely check out the books. It's written by Brian Lee and Matt. You can get it at any bookstore or even go to Amazon or any other like bookstore website. You can get. I think you can get it like digitally as well. Um, under that, I mean, I was gonna. I hadn't, hadn't had much because, like I said, I'm recovering from you know this. So that's one of the things I wanted to point out. To me, um, one of the things I had like another thing too that you know I wanted to point out. Um, was the Scott Program thing was the 10th anniversary and you know it's something that you know that film I always watch that film I think it's one of my top films so I think me and Biko if we do like a top film episode later on that that film would definitely be on my list of top films for me so definitely check that out um, I do want to mention um, yesterday um, they did um, Nintendo so we'll do some video game news guys um I guess some water. I gotta stay hydrated. Um, on the town direct, they did like a mini, like a mini video showcase. Um, and what they did was um, apparently they did two of them: one for the west and one for the east. Of course, Japan. Um, this is most of it was a partner showcase, so it was like the, um, pretty much when the town does these direct things. Usually, it's like their first party games are they're announcing. Well, they did that, but they had their partners as well, like people developing for. Excuse me, for the Switch itself. Um, they did it on their YouTube channel. It looks like the episodes were like eight minutes. It was called a Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. Um, of course, they featured some of their partners. Um, 
uh, 2K's doing this um, arcade-style WWE 2K Battlegrounds, which is like an arcade-style brawler using WWE Superstars. So, so uh, think about it, it's going to be like Smash Bros. or with WWE Superstars. Oh, God. It's because of the whole 2K series, like the last one, 2K20, wasn't didn't do that well. They decided to go back into like an arcade-style type of thing like that. Um, also, they announced like Cadence of Hyrule, Krypton... Cadence of Hyrule was like this like indie game, but like, apparently they got like... It was like an indie dungeon crawler, but they got like Nintendo's backing when they added the Zelda characters on there. Um, Krypton X Grand featuring Legend of Zelda, so it has this by... And Rogue Company, so... They announced that um, as well, but the biggest announcement that that I saw that kind of stood out for everything was Atlas revealing that a new Shin Megami Tensei 5 Tensei title is coming out next year for the Switch. Exclusively for the Switch, guys. Just for the Switch. Um, Shin Megami Tensei 5. If you know what Shin Megami is, it's basically Persona was a spinoff of that. That was Atlas's boy, like main series. It's 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 like the same concept. It's a dungeon crawler, you know, JRPG with demons and stuff. But Persona Five, Persona, the Persona series. I don't keep, I don't know, take up or something. Persona Five, but Persona itself was a spinoff of that, because the characters kind of are similar. Like the monsters are kind of similar in in the same universe, kind of. So they announced that also they are doing a remaster of Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne, which I think it was the top popular of the series so they decided let's decide to go back and remake the game for the switch itself because it was like i believe it was on ps2 in japan only and it went to portable around that time as well so yeah that was the biggest thing that i saw um did this uh bravely the fall 2 was also uh it was like a short one but good and then of course there were some other ones let me see here oh i told you reza 2 if you hear the Atelier series, it's one of those games where it's an RPG game. I just, today, I decided to buy the first game because they announced the second game. I got it for the Switch. I'm trying to get more games for my Switch. <laughs> if you think about it, Nintendo Switch, there's a lot of indie titles, man, available. Like, Nintendo decide, you know, there's just like, don't prop them up. Yeah. Because <laughs> they want to, to pitch their shit. Nintendo's very stingy. Well, I like for a fact that they're allowing like these indie games to come out and like this indie like highlights and stuff. And like they had a sale, so I ended up getting until it results for the Switch. Um, because they announced a sequel, I'm like, and it's good. Like I said, like the Switch, I like. I don't know why I've been playing that more because it's, I have it in my room and being there the three days, like being in isolation was like that's the only thing I like pretty much. Got me, like, try to keep myself insane, like, just uh, keep myself sane, just uh, until this fever went away and stuff, but, um, it's not like games like Rainbow Fall 2, No More Hills 3, um, Bayonetta 3, they're still for updates for those as well, um, there's another game, um, Deadly Premonition 2 is coming out for it, um, and of course, you know, like, Persona 5, The Scramble, Persona 5, Strike, Scramble, or like The Scramble, so it's going to come out soon for the PS... So the first Persona title to come out for the Switch itself. Um, like I said, definitely check out that Nintendo Direct Mini. Um, it was... It's, you can probably go on their YouTube channel, the Nintendo YouTube channel, and check it out the on there as well. They get to look at the, the announced games. But that was like the biggest highlights from that. Like I said, it was like a short little... Like I said, there was two of them. One for the West and one for the East. For Japan. So there were two different ones. Um, that's one of the things that I saw... Out there as well. Um, who else was going to share? Like I said, guys, this might be a short episode. But I'm like, I'm still recovering, but um, 
Uh, I do want to mention, like, if you're Avatar Last Airbender fans out there, uh, I just read two right now. I just saw this right now. Um, Netflix uh, announced that next month, August 14th in the U.S., they are, they are going to release The Legend of Korra. It's going to be available on Netflix. I have both the Avatar Last Airbender series on Blu-ray when they released the collection. And I got Legend of Korra as well. I want to go back and watch that. Definitely, Legend of Korra, I know it doesn't get a lot of fans as the original, but it is still good. I mean, it had a voice, good voice cast as well. Like I said, it takes place decades after the original Avatar Last Airbender ends. Of course, now they got the comics right now, kind of bridging the gap between the two series as well. But definitely check out Legend of Korra. It's more, I'll say it's more, it tends toward more of the young adult market. I really? mean, there's some stuff for kids, but it's more aimed toward the young adult. I didn't seem that way either. But it's like, if you're a big fan of steampunk, kind of pays homage to the steampunk culture as well, because it's like, you're driving cars and stuff, like steam power cars and stuff. So you get to see that, you had that feel of an early 1920s-esque type feeling with the with the cars and stuff. But the anime, I mean, yeah, they had like two different animation studios helping out with the animation part of it. I think for one of the seasons, they had, like, one studio doing it, and then they got the main studio again because of a bunch of reasons and stuff. But the voice cast is really good. And they do some do some callbacks to, you know, the previous years because of the same creators they did. And, of course, you know, it's all anticipation, you know, with the live-action series of Avatar Life. Everybody coming out, right? Coming out, who yeah. knows, probably next year. I think with COVID right now, a lot of stuff got pushed back. Yeah, um, fucking Christopher Nolan's film... Tenant just got pushed back indefinitely, so now, man, which I'm a little upset about, but it now we just don't know when it's ever gonna come out, and yeah, like theaters still haven't opened up yet either. So because I always look forward to a Christopher Nolan film, and and I can I can understand like he's probably someone who doesn't want it to release straight to stream services, and I for one agree, because with his films they don't. They always play a lot better with a full surround sound. And if you're somebody with means who has a theater type of system in their home, albeit, that's great. I'm sure that's not a problem. Um, but those type of films are all about the experience and, and, and Dolby sound makes it better. And it's just really sad because it's been a while since we had a Christopher Nolan film. Uh, I guess since Dunkirk. Uh, and Tenet, if you aren't aware of the trailers, have seen it. Uh, it's, it just looks amazing. He's got a very star-studded cast, a a, uh, a very uh, Denzel Washington son's in it, and I've only read good things about him, and I didn't realize it was in other movies, but until then, to see the trailer, I was just amazed, and it's sad that it's getting pushed back indefinitely, considering that, uh, at least in the situation in LA, a lot of these film studios were getting the green light and were getting the tax credit from it, uh, based on the regulations of COVID, and... A lot of these production houses got the okay, but something like that, which I'm assuming, I have no idea how it is, works in Hollywood, but it's sad to see that kind of get pushed back. Um, but as far as Netflix goes, they're really doubling down on the Avatar stuff. Uh, I remember when it first came out and there was the number one thing, and, and now that Netflix put on that whole top ten shit, it's, it changes every week. Uh, which is nice, because it, it kind of gives people who've maybe worked on these some, certain projects. It's like watching ESPN, right? You're on a, a top ten plate. And to see some of, them, some of the things that are getting pushed onto the top ten list is very interesting. And I know it varies from country to country, but when it comes to the United States, it's been very fucking... 
You'll, what I've noticed is that you'll get a reality show that they've released, and then you'll get an old movie from like the 90s that gets a good push-up, and then you get random newer things that are getting pushed into the front front, um, which is nice. You know, we get to, if you want something new to watch, because I guess that's a problem for some people, is finding something new to watch on Netflix, which I, I can never, I feel like I never get enough, uh, but something to look forward to in that end is... Uh, if you want more stuff to binge, especially if you're in isolation, uh, go on Netflix, go on Hulu, go on Amazon Prime if you have it. There's just so many options now. I don't I don't understand this whole, every time I see that meme that I can't find anything to watch on Netflix or something good. Like, you're fucking with me, right? You're fucking with me. There's so much shit. And you're only looking at the stuff that's curated for you. If you just have a VPN, go on your laptop, download it, and set a different country... Go go fucking nuts! If you if you ever been to Mexico, like it's you can get all this other shit. So like I don't I don't I don't understand that. I don't I don't. But hey, watch Avatar, the last Airbender. Right it's good. I watch synopsis on a show that I've never seen, but from what I've seen on the analysis things, it seems like a good show. Uh, it's just for me, it's hard for me to get into cartoons and shit like that. It's just a personal reason and not have nothing against cartoons. Animation is fucking amazing. And the people who work on it, it's a very talented skill. It just comes down to writing. And Avatar is, from what I've seen, it's, it's very well put together show. Um, and it's, it, it talks about real topics that are going to probably continue to transcend the human experience as we speak. Yeah, I think that's what kind of, I mean, besides, you know, the animation of that, of that show, it is the writing itself. Mm-hmm. And it's inspiration because it takes inspiration from so many different cultures. Yeah, it's cool. Which I like. Very and interesting. I know the showrunners said the same thing, like the creators are going to be the producers and showrunners for the show. Good. The live action. So they're, they're looking right now because they're not going to whitewash it. They're, they're going to do is try to get as much as the... They're going to try to get actors that represent the cultures that these characters were based from. So it's... Well, it's it, I'm like curious to see because I think like another thing that got bumped up in the mix as well, speaking of live action, is of course One Piece made it's like... Because I know they're supposed to do a live action one where... That got thrown up as well because Netflix is doing the live action version of it. And even on um, the the creator Ichiro um, Oda said, like he set out a list. And even the one of the people that are working on the live action right now actually got the hands on the list that he that the creator sent out because he, the creator is going to be a producer, a consultant as well. But he put a list of what nationality each of his characters represent, and they have that list. Like they have Luffy being from Brazil. They got. The only person that's Japanese out of the whole, like, one, the Straw Hat crew is basically uh, Zoro. He's, he's the only one. Sanji's French. Um, I think um, Chopper's going to be representing um, Canada. Um, uh, Nami's going to be representing um, Norway. Um, Robin is representing some... Oh, I forgot what country she was representing. Brooke is uh, representing a different country. I think Frankie um, is representing America. Um, he's only representing U.S., so they might have an American actor. Portraying that character, I'm curious to see how they're gonna get that because I don't know. I mean, they I'm assuming they're gonna adapt the first arc, but it's like probably something down the line. But he put out a list of what his what nationality his characters are. Because I'm curious to see because I know, um, like I was listening to Trash Taste podcast, definitely Trash Taste podcast, and they talk about you know, there was one episode I was listening to them and they were talking about you know, when you're watching Jap- like anime uh, subs, you know, they're trying to learn Japanese from there because. The Japanese on there is usually written for the show, and 
is speaking differently, but he said that pretty much um, live action animes, live action versions of animes or mangas usually don't translate well. Because it always has that kind of reputation. Just like with us, when we try, like, here in the U.S., try to adapt, like, works as well for books. It's, like, the same thing. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, and I just saw, too, speaking of Netflix, um, uh, that kind of comes to my an- recommendation for today, uh, for anime recommendation of the week. Um, definitely go on Netflix and check out this show I just finished binging during my isolation. <laughs> mm. My 72-hour isolation, um, pretty much um, high, sco- um, high Score Girl. Um, they got the two seasons on there. Um, basically, the whole synopsis, it's based on a Japanese, sorry, Japanese manga written by and illustrated by Rensuke Oshikiri. Um, and pretty much the whole synopsis, if I can pull up the main thing. Um, if the story, basically the main plot of the story, I'm not... Don't want to get into details. Um, it sort of also around the life of gamer Haru Yakuchi, who's a coin-op gaming. Um, pretty much, he's he's a gamer. It's like it looks like it takes place in the early nineties. It's like a romantic comedy, both video games. Um, of course, it and pretty much it's the coin-op gaming. Mostly, he plays like fighting games. Um, pretty much, he challenges. He has a relationship that involves over time with this quiet female gamer named Akira Ono, and pretty much. Um, what kind of gravitated to me to this anime itself because it was CG. It's it was CG. It didn't look like CG. It was like a combination of two D and CG. But it was, I could tell right away it was CG. But it was well done. It was real fluid. Yes, I watched the dub, so I didn't see the sub because you know I was in isolation. My vision was kind of blurry. I didn't want to read, <laughs> so I ended up having an English guy. Sorry, but um, it was really good. I enjoyed it, and it's like a callback because it does reference all the games. And I like for a fact. Apparently, they had licenses from, like, SNK, Capcom, Sega. Even in the manga, they had, like, they were able to mention the characters' names and stuff. That they had, you know, they had actual game footage from Super Street Fighter, all the Street Fighter games, you know, Darkstalkers, Virtual Fighter. And he actually had the consoles, too, because it takes place in the 90s. And it's cool because you got to see the characters go from, like, being in elementary school up to, like, a second year of high school. So you got to see these characters grow up between these two seasons, but I like for a fact that it's, it's yeah, it's a romantic comedy, but there's video games. So if you're a big nostalgia person like I am, you see like the old gameplay footage of Street Fighter, Street Fighter Two Turbo. You know, it does a lot of references. It's like a little, they throw like a little trivia in there as well, and it show like seeing the consoles in animated form was really good. And like it, like I said, it looked the animation looked really well for being CG because you know. There's not many, like, CG-style animes. Yeah, there's some that work. In this case, one this anime. Um, there's also Beastars that CG kind of worked as well. Of course, there's ones that didn't look good, such as the Berserk one, when they decided to bring back Berserk, and that, that was a CG-type anime. I haven't seen it, but I heard that it's not really well done. I think it depends on the studio, but... It was really good. Um, definitely check out the... The anime, it's called High Score Girl. Um, you, can watch, you can check out the two seasons... On Netflix right now. It's like, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to recommend something that's on Netflix because, I mean, the only time I go on Netflix is to watch the original animes because they got another one. Um, another honorable mention, definitely check out. It's called BNA, Brand New Animal. That's one of the recent additions to the Netflix collaboration because it was on Netflix Japan and they just brought it to the US as well. Um, pretty much, um, BNA is kind of almost like Zootopia, but more for adults. 
Um, basically, that whole thing, well, that'll be my honor mention. I might as well talk about it too as well. Um, pretty much, um, BNA centers around people known as beastmen, who have the ability to turn into their animal, anthropomorphic animal forms and human forms, but they get, they get hit with, they've been around for years, but the problem is they get hit with prejudice and ridicule to the point they have to, they supposedly they build a city called Anima City, where beastmen can, you know, be themselves or be in a human form and live out society. While being, you know, wrought the restrictions of being prejudiced. So those, like, hit the point of prejudice and race kind of falls in there between, you know, people, humans against beastmen. Um, it all follows with this girl who's a tanuki, who she was originally human, but she ends up becoming a tanuki. And apparently she's got these powers. Which I don't want to go into detail. I want you guys to check it out for yourself. And it's pretty much her life in the new city. So definitely check it out. It's called Brand New Animal. It's done by Studio Trigger. Who did the Promare film and also the, the, studio, the same studio who did Gurren Lagan? Really good anime, definitely check that out as well. So, check it out, it's called Brand New Animal. It's BNA, Brand New Animal, that's on Netflix right now. And same thing, check out High School Girl if you want that nostalgia video game mix. Uh, nostalgia, you know, thing. So, that's my anime recommendations for the week. Um, I'm gonna turn over to the Florida Biko after we come back from break uh, for his take from Reddit. So, don't go away. Hey, it's Stefan Chise from Talking Pop with Stefan Chise and Biko. Just let you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers, so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, whatever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. Alrighty, guys, and we're back on... Um Thank you for listening to that little ad bars. Um, going back, I'm going to turn over to Florida Biko, and he'll talk about things that you want to discuss that you found on Reddit. Go ahead, Biko. Oh, oh, all right. Well, right off the bat, the pretty uh, negative shit, like always, because I like to keep it real. Um, and there are, two of them are very much breaking news. Uh, this one I saw yesterday, but uh, it's still very much getting explored. Uh, but Fox News and their anchors Ed Henry, Sean Hannity, and Tucker Carlson have been sued in a sex trafficking, sexual harassment, and retaliation suit. Um, so as you know, and it's been updated since, oh man, actually this morning. Uh, Tucker Carlson is returning to Fox News Channel tonight after a short vacation because he was suspended, um, I want to say a few weeks ago for sexual allegations and racial comments and stuff that were... That was kind of a domino fall from him getting advertisers pulled, and since Fox News is his network of home and employment, uh, they kind of put him on a paid suspension, you know, and wait till the PR fire went down. But there's also other people who are under this network, such as Sean Hannity, who is also a big speaker towards uh, the right side of politics, and a now-fired Ed Henry. 
the top-rated host also finds himself in the center of a whole legal, a whole new legal spotlight of alleged misconduct at the now Susan Scott and Jay Wallace-run outlet network. Uh, and I quote from Fox News, It is widely documented in the public record that Fox News has not only cultivated and fostered sexual harassment and misconduct, but has consistently accepted and rewarded it, says a sex trafficking, sexual harassment, and gender discrimination and retaliation lawsuit from a former Fox Business Network associate producer, Jennifer Eckhart, and a former FNC guest, Kathy uh, Aru, as they filed a, a lawsuit against R- Rupert Murdoch's owned Fox News outlet. And, man, and then, so, some of these reporters being, uh, I want to say, highly prolific within the network. Um, let's see, as described, based on the findings of a comprehensive independent investigation conducted by an outside law firm, including interviews with numerous eyewitnesses, we have determined that all of Kathy Roos' claims against Fox News, including its management, as well as its hosts, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Howard Kurtz, and its contributor, Giano Caldwell, are, f- are false, patently frivolous, and utterly devoid of any merit, says a Fox News spokesperson um, on Monday um, as referring and replying to the lawsuit claims, which also names media buzz host Kurtz as the defendant. Let's see. So, I guess you want to say that, you know, Fox News is playing denied and I deny, nevertheless. Uh, although numerous documentations have been brought up to them, they still claim that it's false, which, you know, you got to do that in the public guy. You always deny, deny, deny. There were not sexual harassment claims against Ed Henry at Fox News prior to Eckhart's claim on June 5th of tw- 25th of 2020. Um... And then they referred to the Me Too movement as help bringing a light on a number of injustices on our society as well as major media outlets and everyone that suffered from such injustices deserves to be heard from a statement made by Eckhart. Um, while only Henry is named in the sex trafficking claim, there's a damning portrait of the ways things are supposed to be done in NFC, FNC, so Fox News. Uh, I want to say corporation. Let's see. Jesus Christ. So, the gist of this is, is that allegedly they're getting accused. I think they're still doing an under investigation. Which, it's hilarious that Fox News is getting a separate, I want to say, firm to investigate their own things. Which, don't you think they should have been doing that themselves? It's kind of like they're playing that same card that police stations do, you know, like the police union, when they literally just don't do anything about it, mm-hmm. and they just, you know, protect. So, in this case, Fox News is the same shit, and we all know Tucker Carlson was already kind of on suspended leave due to other shit, and then here we are, we see Fox News kind of playing it backwards, and, and, and then they're, they're just not going to really, I don't know. I want to see this play into fruition, but I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in this because these networks are just just funded up the ass and who knows if they're gonna even bring them down uh, uh, it's just it's a very messy situation but you read the comments and everyone's just like yeah I mean I'm not surprised from a right wing not a right wing outlet I'm not surprised and it's like that's not necessarily the case this could happen in any news networks let alone any 
any place of work that involves having two, you know, women and men working together in close quarters. And considering that these hosts end up being prolific in the public eye, considering their, their I want to say, their influence. Some of these take the take that power into their head, and I fucking don't understand that. Just because I'm on Fox News, I automatically am the shit. Like, that's mm-hmm. dumb. First of all, are we serious? Fox News? Okay. Anywho, nonetheless, if it was a CNN guy, I don't know if it would be the same, treated the same way. Mm-hmm. But the way I see it, if a person on CNN was doing that shit, they should be taken down just like anybody else. But in a court of law, they must be taken, you know, innocent until proven guilty. So, they're gonna... God, okay, so now they reported that a Fox News, the, the accusers appeared on CBS to talk about the sexual harassment and retaliation lawsuit that they're holding against the cable news network. So, what's weird about this lawsuit is they're trying to blanket not only a... Uh, Ed Henry, who's already once been fired, Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson, who are big right-wing, uh, I guess you could say political uh, opinionists, I don't know, just political pundits who talk about shit like this, or just go on the news, say some shit. Mm-hmm. But in the lawsuit, Jennifer Eckhart, who is the one accusing the, the said correspondence, we'll say, uh, she claims that Henry Ed Henry raped her and that she endured years of him subjecting her to sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. And then she goes into graphic detail describing the sexually explicit messages and texts that he allegedly sent her. But her litigation also claims that the Fox News promoted Henry even though it knew about the allegations of sexual conduct misconduct as far back as early 2017. So Eckhart does go on to CBS this morning interview with, with Jerrica Duncan... And she quotes and says that I was paralyzed with fear when I worked there. I don't know how you can continue to cultivate and foster an environment that rewards sexual predators consistently year after year. So it's kind of playing out the same way that a lot of the Me Too accusations come up. And that's the fact that the these victims, alleged, these alleged victims become kind of... I want to say they remain unsupported or they feel like they can't come out and say things because of the power structure built into these media outlets or any place of work that works against them and they may feel like they're not getting taken seriously. And it's it's very... she And she says, I kind of gotten numb to it. I thought it was a perfectly fine to receive pornographic images as gifts. And, and gifts, and I thought that most was normal for Mayo Anchor to do, which, um, it, it's just, it's fucked. But, you know, and then, like I mentioned before, Fox News saying this, like, yeah, we take all these claims of harassment, misconduct, and retaliation seriously, and they, pro- they prompt the investigation to take immediate action as needed. And they did that for the, the Ed Henry case, which he's no longer employed with the network as of June 25th of this year. But they said that there weren't any sexual harassment claims made against Ed Henry before the claim was put into public on June 25th. And so her her lawyers are are also having a separate investigation and they don't want to speak on, they can't speak on the matter until the investigation is fully complete. So as of right now, 
they are continuing to provide more evidence on the allegations against the, the rest of the claims. Against, I want to say, the alleged harassers. So this is more to come. Uh, mm -hmm. So just Fox News, you know, going under fire again and trying to play. They're trying to pick up the pieces as usual. Um, and another, hopefully on the positive note, I know I mentioned earlier about the COVID vaccinations uh, that were, uh, at least a trial that was done at uh, Oxford University, which I think I, I pulled up another another article on it, mm. which I think it's referring to the same one. It might not be, uh, but I think there's a two different forms or two different firms that are handling this, but it says the UK government signs a deal for a 90 million coronavirus vaccine doses. And this is, I found this on complexuk.com. So they announced that they signed a deal for 90 million doses of a promising COVID vaccine. It's currently under development with these new vaccines, but it's being researched by an alignment, alliance formed by the pharmaceutical companies, which I hope you're familiar with, is BioNTech and Pfizer, as well as a firm called Valnueva. Although there is still uncertainty over the experimental vaccines, a new deal has been added in the top 100 million doses that Oxford University, as I mentioned before, are also developing with another firm called AstraZeneca. So these are two different firms, or four different firms in general, but two of them are working together and two of them are working together as well. And they're assessing both these trials and seeing what they can come up with. So for the UK to invest highly on the second stage of a trial, that's... I guess it's promising, you know, I, it's, it's nice to see that they're trying and they're testing different styles and this, they're seeing, a, you know, a lot of best benefits towards trying testing this. So, it, it, you know, it's good, to, it's good to see that they're actually trying in these weird fucking strange times that we're living in. Um, another thing I wanted to touch upon, which I don't want to spend too much time on, but it's the whole Kanye stuff going on. Um... That's cool, dude. You just do what you gotta do, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 I, I this know. one, this one's rough because I, I get what he's going through, but if it's another paparazzi thing, I, I don't want to hear it, but I get it. Um, so Monday last night, uh, concerning today's Tuesday, Kanye West took to Twitter. You know, everyone's favorite fucking social media platform when you want to spew shit. Uh, he went on a Twitter, a, a series of Twitter posts going, kind of going off. Um, but days before this, he held a, I guess you could say a campaign rally mm. in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, right? uh, that's one of the Carolinas. Yeah, Terrible, right? You got all of U.S. fucking education. <laughs> uh, not that I can't look it up, but whatever. He held a campaign rally, spewing a bunch of stuff, you know, in Kanye fashion, considering that he announced his presidency, a few, his, his run for presidency a couple weeks ago, but then he recanted it. And here we are, you know, the news playing its job, playing its role in this shit. Um, but last night, he took to Twitter to say a bunch of tweets, and he spoke on a bunch of different things, including Drake, uh, his wife, Kim Kardashian, his mother-in-law, Kris Jenner. Anna Winter, who was a prolific fashion icon, uh, designer, all this, Shia LaBeouf, the actor, and, and touching upon Bill Cosby, which, yeah, fuck. So he went off. Mm. Um, and this is, so the rant came uh, literally a day after he held the campaign rally, which I'm assuming was Sunday, because when I saw it, it was on a Sunday. And it's a little rough to watch, because you see, like, a very, per like, a person kind of in a weird episode saying these things, and... 
if you've been around bipolar people enough, you can tell when there's like having a manic episode and when they're just in a in a state. And this one, it, it made sense. I don't know if it's completely manic. It could just be him. And you got to consider the fact that Kanye's been in the public spotlight since 2004, 2005. Before he became a rap, you know, a prolific rap star, he was always producing since the 90s. So, like, from then on, he's always been outspoken on things. But uh, I, I'm just going to read some of the tweets. Go ahead. So, the first one he states is that during the spree, he said that Kim and Kris Jenner attempted to get him to a doctor. And that everybody knows the movie Get Out is about me. Which is, if you haven't seen Get Out, it's you watch it. It's fucking good, and you'll understand that tweet. I don't want to go too much onto it, but okay. So he goes, yeah, and this it starts July twenty first. Mm-hmm. So they they quote that. So it must have been super late last night. Kim tried to bring a doctor to lock me up with the doctor. Everybody knows the movie Get Out is about me. Chris, don't play with me. You and that Kanye are not allowed around my children. Y'all tried to lock me up. Kim was trying to fly to Wyoming where he where he produced that one EP that was released last summer, I want to say, with like six songs. Uh, Kim was trying to fly with a doctor or fly to Wyoming with a doctor to lock me up like on the movie Get Out because I cried about saving my daughter's life yesterday. If I get locked up like Mandela, y'all will know why. And then he fo- following the rally, reports surfaced of Kanye's family being concerned about his mental health. Kim is mortified as source divulged to page six. Page six. I'm guessing as a news blog. Mm-hmm. She has desperately been trying to help Kanye keep him calm and prevent him from having any public meltdowns. And the family believes he's having a bipolar episode. He won't take medications because he feels like they make him less creative. Okay. It is clear that Kanye needs some serious help and his breakdown is disturbing. However, the anti-abortion views he spouses through his tears are also very disturbing. His views are problematic and we can't we want to help him get help and not be anti-woman. Uh, which I think he was saying stuff like that during his rally, considering that he was in... Uh, South Carolina is very much a republic state. Yeah. And they believe... Uh, I think they're more or less pro-life and pro-choice. And I think he used that to his advantage in knowing that. But nonetheless... Um, Black Women Views Media, they tweeted that Kanye said this, and I left immediately. I went for a laugh, and I got one, but when it got really disrespectful for me, it was over. Because he does say something about Harriet Tubman, and how she didn't, I don't want to butcher it too much, how she didn't help enslave people, and it was fucking weird. Um, and then he goes off, and then, like, the subject of Drake comes up, and he posts, like, a Drake, he just says Drake. With, like, thoughts and, like, that thinking head emoji. I don't know if you have that on Android, but on Apple, it's just got, like, a, a smiley face with his hand. Like, just no, like you make a thinking. gesture when you're oh, thinking. Oh, okay, when you're trying to think. Okay. Yeah, and then he just refers to Pusha, because Pusha and Drake had a rap beef last year. It's fucking whatever. Mm-hmm. Come and get me. This is the exodus, like Pusha said. He also said, um, now referring to Shia LaBeouf, uh, he, he called him Cap, saying, Bill Cosby was locked up by NBC, and that his family must live next to me. Kanye has since deleted most of those tweets, which you can okay. put below. He t- when he was referring to Shia LaBeouf, it's because his deal that he just signed with Gap Clothing, 
Uh, he's going to do a collaboration with his Yeezus collection. Not the shoes, because that's Adidas strictly, but his actual clothing collection. Because mm. he used to work for The Gap before he became famous. And now they're doing a clothing thing. So this is when he refers to Anna Winter. Um, Anna Winter's always showed me love, but when I told her I was going to The Gap, she looked at me like I was crazy. Then she called back kissing my ass. Hilarious. Because they just signed him for like, I think it was like a $6 million deal for like a couple, for like 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, Shia was supposed to do the first Easy Gap photo shoot, and he never showed up. So that probably made him the wrong way. I don't know why, he's just spewing shit. And then he says, and these are all Twitter posts, right? Chris and Kim, call me now. Then he shows a picture. And then he says, I put my life on the line for my children that North's mother would never sell her sex tape. God, there's a lot of fucking spell check. Spell fucking errors. <laughs> I put my life on my God that North's mom would never photograph her doing Playboy, and that's on God. I'm at the ranch. Come and get me. He's saying this because his ranch is in Wyoming. Righteous indignation. Okay, another pick. I love my wife. My family must live next to me. It's not up to E or NBC anymore. Oh, E, I'm just referring to the, the network that yeah, hosts the Kardashian show mm-hmm. that's been there for fucking years. I don't know why you watch that shit, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or NBC anymore. I don't understand what that part is. And he says NBC locked up Bill Cosby. And then he's like, Kanye, Kanye capped off the alarming tweets by saying he was going to divert all of his energy into making music. And he also reiterated that his previously teased album, Donda, will be arriving on Friday, July 24th, which is in three days. Um, originally, he was going to title God's Country, but I guess that religious spiel isn't working from like the last album he did. But here he goes. He says, I'm going to focus on the album. Here we are. Um, I know this isn't really fucking news, but in this sense, it's like very weird to see... I mean, it does sit around because it is pop culture, is the music. Yeah, he is technically. It's in a lot of the hip hop blogs are picking up on this and how wild it is that you go. And mind you, Kanye does this often when it comes to him dropping albums. He, you know, he's married to the biggest family to fucking use the media to their advantage. Mm -hmm. Like, their marketing's their game. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't. Just wave off his episodes because it's not funny. It's not a laughing no. matter to see Especially this guy going through shit. Yeah, it's just not. However, it, you have to hold it with a grain of salt, just like anything that's reported, and you have to hold it with a grain of salt, considering that he has a history of using, you know, these these type of tactics in order for him to push record sales, which is smart. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's been doing it. They're just they, he's married to the family that's done it the best. Like they live off of this stuff, so. It's very interesting that he is went on this kind of crazy Twitter word salad, I want to say, of saying all these things, taking shots at all these things, and, and talking about his family and his daughter, and after having a rally, and, you know, he's dropping an album Friday, so just hold it, you know, with a grain of salt when you see it, and... That was one of the weird things I want to touch on because it's very weird and I hate to see that from Kanye, but at the same time, we're living in a strange time, so maybe that's not the weirdest thing in the world. And, you know, speaking of hip-hop, I just pulled up this article right now. Um, I know it was mentioned yesterday. Um, the hip-hop artist um, Logic, this is from Engadget.com. Oh, yeah. He signed a seven-figure deal with Twitch, so he's basically going to... Ref- 
He, um, pretty much, um, he signed a seven-deal figure with Twitch. This article is from Engadget.com. The article is written by Andrew Tantarella. And pretty much, and I quote, Mirkadeus is announcing that his upcoming fifth album, No Pressure, will be his last. Yeah. Rapper Logic has reportedly signed a hefty partnership deal with gaming streaming site Twitch. Logic has been a prolific force in the rap game as both an artist and producer for more than a decade now. Though his biggest claim to fame was with 2017's 1-800-273-8205, which was done with a sensitive subject suicide. The three-year-old Mer- Marylander insisted during his retirement announcement on July 16th that he was stepping away from the music business to be a great father to his newborn child. Um, the retirement, of course, says, appears to have been shortly as Twitch announced on Monday that Logic will be the site's first official music partner. Logic will stream weekly on his Twitch channel, which will include a mixture of in-studio sessions, special guests, AMA-style formats, and gaming. The company wrote in a press release. Um, this is what Logic said. He told The Bridge in a recent interview, I'm not this rapper guy, man. Um, I'm just a nerd. I love video games. I'm blessed enough to have millions of fans and followers. So it's a great partnership. He declined to specify exactly how much the deal was valued, but they didn't know that it was in the seven-figure range. Um, his first stream was set for today. As of this recording, it's set for today. At July 24th, at about, well, local time, about an hour from now, 5, five o'clock Eastern, where he'll debut tracks off the upcoming album. So, I guess oh, it's, like, so it's like a free, like, nice little preview to the But album. it's like, that's kind of cool, because like I said, it's like, you know, it's like, the, you see these artists, they have other things they can do. They have hobbies. People keep thinking, like, oh, they're just going to focus on music. They got other things to do, like, I follow Snoop Dogg on Instagram. He's got, like, so many things. Like, he's involved in his kids' lives. Um, He's got a new wine out. That came out, so he's promoting that as well. Um, he's like a, apparently he's a manga reader because I, there's like pictures of him reading manga on the plane and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, the thing with um, David Glaciers and Fowler a little bit, they're doing their thing, but it's like that's kind of cool. Like you know, straight up that he's done, he produced, he's done music. I never listened to Logic, but I'm kind of curious to see how. No, he's great. I, mean, I, I, might, like I might check him out and just to see and then I'm kind of curious like you know, with Twitch you know it's like when I with Twitch I would say Twitch right now is getting a resurgence ever since you know Microsoft announced that Mixer is shutting down and all the efforts are going to Facebook gaming more yeah. so Twitch right now has to recover that you know I know some of the streamers either are going to Facebook gaming or I know Ninja decided to go to YouTube for right now but I mean it's becoming like a vital thing right now with Twitch taking out, jumping out of this wagon right now. And it's, like, it's interesting. Like, myself, I just barely got into the Twitch game, and, you know, I so far have some followers, and, and it's cool because I had met these these streamers, you know, through, like, you know, these subreddits that helped me, you know, get started, and they helped me out, and I helped them out. So it's, like, it's a really good community. Um, like, Twitch is not only just for gaming. It's, you know, people do podcasting on there. Sometimes they do table reads. They do... Music, um, just to show the creativity side, just get your name known out there. Yeah, there's a lot of programs you can follow on there as well. They do a lot of kind of, kind of cool events as well. Um, I myself, I'm a casual gamer, you know. Right now, I'm recovering, so we'll see if I can get back on stream right now. I'm right now trying to push myself through today because, you know, I it's a podcast, guys. I want to, you know, get it out there. You know, I'm trying right now. The I've been on a Pretty much been on a medicine binge right now because I do have a little pain, but um, right now I'm trying to keep myself hydrated. But yeah, definitely check out his Twitch. I think his Twitch stream is tonight at four, Fox Central. Um, one thing too, I do want to mention Comic Con at home starts tomorrow, guys. Woo! Um, I was I just pulled up the website right now. Yeah, the second half of the episode is gonna be all about Comic Con because I know it's a big thing right now. 
since the first Comic Con is gonna be at home. Yeah, you don't want to hear about government corruption. Trust um, me. pretty much. I'm <laughs> um, just looking to see. Um, <sighs> try to pull up the list of what they have. Um, here we go. Um, pretty much, I'm pulling up lists, but of course, the big thing is what I like about lists this year. They're gonna have vendors. You can buy stuff through their website. Um, and each store is gonna have exclusive um, merchandise. Like Funko's gonna have exclusive pop dolls. They made for Comic Con originally, where are gonna be available at specific retailers. I think the main website is gonna have links to all the vendors and stuff, so you can help support them as well. I just pulled up this article from Tom's Guide. <laughs> um, pretty much is uh, how to watch panels and events. Um, it's starting Thursday. So it's coming. I think part of starting Thursday. The main panels. You can stream on their site. You can stream on their site as well. You can access their site as well. I think if you go to ComicCon.com. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Right now I'm using Google. Here we go. ComicCon at home. Yeah, so you can actually... Yeah, so you can pull up the program schedule on... Uh, on Wednesday. It's kind of cool. They got like a little badge thing. <laughs> like a little badge. It says at home attendee. And they got the program schedule. Um, I'm on their website right now. They're going to have 350 separate panels spread out over five days of the event. So you can check out what they have, what they're offering. Um, you can buy souvenirs from their store. Um, let me see if I can pull up their schedule here. Uh, yeah, they got like different ones. They're going to be spread out throughout YouTube. Looks like they're having like YouTube. Most of it's going to be on YouTube channels. So they'll have to, oh, they got the links on there. So I think they're going to be using YouTube to reach out to more. But they got like different panels spread out. It's like if you're going to a normal convention, and they're spread out. They're all virtual events, but they'll probably have like giveaways and stuff. And they have it spread out throughout the days. And like I said, if you go, they got different like um, retailers you can buy and stuff. If you want to buy like certain merchandise they made just for the event, like they got souvenirs and stuff. You can order. I'm trying to see, they got merch. Going to the merch store. I'm actually on their site right now. So they do have like some merch you can buy. Some old ones from past, but they'll probably have like merch for this year. Um, the one thing, of course, is the big thing besides the panels, but definitely go on their website and they'll have the links to all the panels and they'll have the YouTube links. Definitely check it out. You know, support the creators. You know, you know they're trying their best. You know, you know it kind of sucks that like the last convention we we, we and Biko got the fortune to go see was C two E two this year in February because it was I would say it was like the last big event before the pandemic hit. And, you know, with this now, people, you know, it's like, it's really interesting how these conventions had to put stuff together. I know Funimation did their first virtual convention, and Crunchyroll Expo is doing their first virtual as well. Um, okay, let's see if I found, uh, I think I found the uh, San Diego Comic-Con official blog, unofficial blog. So I guess they got, like, a list of what's coming out for, like, Specific like merchandise, and I'm pulling through the list here. It's a Dark Horse Comics, San Diego Comic Con exclusives, Mondo, San Diego Comic Con exclusives. So they got their virtual booths, and they got like pins and stuff you can order as well. So they got the different vendors, and they're showing like their exclusive events. Definitely go out to it's called sdccblog.com. It's the unofficial blog, but you can have they're showing like the list of like things that you can buy, like if you would have bought if you went to the convention. And I think like Target, Hot Topic, and most of the other vendors would be there as well. Um, 
and it's a whole like a hundred something freaking pages, dude. It's like I know the big thing I know Target's gonna have is the. It's kind of hard because you know it's funny when Target has the Ninja Turtle figures, which is really hard because not a lot of Targets here have them. Yeah. And you can't even find them online, but what they're going to do this year, um, NECA decided to this year they're going to release the the rock and roll coming out. If you guys remember growing up in the 90s, like we did, um, they did the Ninja Turtles had the Coming Out of Our Shells tour. And I, fortunately enough, was, I think I was, man, it was like 90-something. What year was that tour? Let me look up the tour. But I kind of vaguely remember, I actually, I think I remember going to the actual show. Let's see if I can pull up the year that show was, but which well, you guys, if you look at it now, it's it's incredibly dated and cheesy. But at the you time, can watch the actual concert. I think somebody uploaded uh, on YouTube somewhere. On YouTube somewhere, like the actual concert performance. You can listen to the album on Spotify. You can, if you're a big Turtles lover, fuck it. This is one thing you need to watch if you're a big Turtles fan because it's like. It's the okay. perfect crossover. It was in the 90s, so I was about five years old. Beagle wasn't even born yet. Yeah. So, basically, I was a turtle head because, honestly, that was I always credit Ninja Turtles as helping me with the English language. <laughs> um, so, what happened was, they did this, they did this concept. Like, Ninja Turtles were in the 90s, so, you know, the success of the film, of the first film, you know, they wanted to capitalize it and decide, you know, Turtle Mania was the big thing. What more to get into the whole rock and roll thing was a concert. So they had turtles in these suits. Um, I you can actually get the album on Spotify, guys. You can actually listen to the actual album. Um, the songs were kind of catchy. I mean, I think the big one was like Pizza Power was one of the big ones. Uh, if you remember, that's that background music was used for Turtles in Time arcade game. Um, but um, the big thing is was yeah, the turtles suits eh, were decent at best. They weren't the greatest compared to the Jim Henson Creatures Workshop style. It was looking. a whole different production. But they had different, like, that production, I was, like I said, what I can remember, uh, I remember, I think my mom took me to the the show. They did have a, the old McCork place. It was, they have, like, a giant convention hall. If I remember it was there, man, you know, having a concussion years back, I'm trying to remember, so it's the last of the blank. But going back... Um, I yeah, they had it in Chicago. I ended up getting this, and they had like this. I remember they had this April O'Neil, like the actress playing April O'Neil. She was doing like these interviews, like she had the fake cameraman, but they were an actual person holding the camera. I guess they were filming it for like the sh- like the pre-show, just the show, like the entertainment crowd before the show began. And I think she came up and she was asking you know, kids, you know, who was their favorite turtle. I guess just to do like inter- like little interviews. I think what I said was my character. My favorite, honestly, guys, my favorite turtle is Donatello. I don't know why I always gravitate to him, so I'm assuming I said Donatello. Um, I ended up buying. I think I bought this Donatello standee or rubber foam thing of him or something. I don't know. I'm still in the garage sale, but unless you know, I think I said it was Donatello. But honestly, Donatello's always been my favorite Ninja Turtle. Besides Michelangelo, Michelangelo will be my number two. Um, Raph will be my number three, and Leonardo will be my number one. I'm number four, so. But um, I always was gravitized to that. I mean, the show was great, you know, what I can remember. Uh, it kind of, like, sucks because I don't remember much of it. But if you go on YouTube, I think somebody uploaded the whole series. Because I think they had, like, the first show. I think they did the first show as a testing point before they did the national tour. It was a tour around the U.S., 
I don't know where they did the first one at. I think they did the first one in New York and Radio City Music Hall. They did the first one. And um, they did it for like pay-per-view or something. They did like a pay-per-view type show where you can actually order it on pay-per-view. And somebody actually uploaded the concert. So you can actually go on YouTube and look for that concert. Um, so what NECA did, they decided um, they're going to... Let's see if I can find the, the figures here. Because um, they decided to come out and... Let's see if I can find the... Because I think the 10, uh, Target is actually going to be doing, like, with the collaboration uh, for the Comic-Con exclusive. Um, they are doing the actual uh, figurines. The Neko's going to actually come out with the actual figurine set. Um, it's coming out on Target itself. Here, I just pulled up the article from Nerdist.com. And it's going to be for the Comic-Con right now. We're saying virtual only says. Uh, basically, if you look here, NECA, who were credited with um, so much with the, the actual uh, thing, is coming out with the set. And there's a picture of the set here. Uh, it has the turtles in their gear. And the funny thing is, it's funny because it's the tour version turtles, but I think when they had the making of the documentary, I actually had the tape of the documentary before it got messed up. But it shows two versions of the turtles. It shows the one with the actual damn truck puppet ones. And then they show the ones in the tours. And remember the ones in the tours, they had the gym shoes. So they wore gym shoes. It was kind of hard to move around on turtle feet. Um, but they had like these jean jacket type denim vests. And, yeah. and you know, rock and roll style. to try to, you know, pay homage to like those glam bands from the 80s. It's, it was Spinal Tap, but with the Ninja Turtle. But it's, it's kind of cool. I'm looking at the set right now. and Spinal Tap. And like I said, they're going to have two sets. Uh, the regular basic set, you get the four pack, will be, they're calling it the Mutagen, Musical Mutagen Tour Pack. Um, they, they're going to have two sets, and one, and it's going to be, well, even the, the, te- the set looks nice. Um, they're going to have, a, I think, $20 more. Um, they You get a thing that looks like a stage type of thing. Um, and pretty much uh, right now, I think Target is going to be having it. Right now, it says here, the special will be available stores on July 23rd. Along with the TMT accessory pack of Turtle Swag, like a tour t-shirt and guitar picks, the set will set you back $24.99. The actual TMT music and tour set retails for $124.99. So I have like a t-shirt set and guitar picks, so it's kind of cool. cool. So accessories, but you can get like the actual toys will be That's available. Cool. They'll be available on Target.com for overseas customers that will be able to purchase over at the NECA store. Because NECA, the people don't realize it's, they're based, I think they're based out of Japan, I think. But they, if you look at their figure work, it, they do really cool detail with their figurines. Definitely something you should invest in. Like, I know it's one of the highlights of uh, like a convention and stuff. And the details that go into NECA. Like they do it right now. I think they're coming out with more. I saw this video on Toy Fair. From the New York Toy Fair before the pandemic. And they showed that, um, whatchamacallit. They show like the showcase of the next wave of the turtle figures for the cartoons. So, definitely check it out of your thing. And I just found somebody uploaded the actual tour thing on YouTube. It's about an hour and a half. So, definitely check out the tour thing if you guys have not seen it. I think this is from an actual tape. I think they released the tape with the concert tour and the tape with the making of. As well as the making of is more like a mockumentary type of thing. Like if the turtles were real. Basically, they had put the original, the turtles are real and stuff. They're like rock stars. That's more marketing because you have pizza doing the sponsorship for it. And I remember having a cassette tape, but that cassette tape, I don't know where it is, dude. <laughs> mm. That thing is lost. But luckily for Spotify, they uploaded the actual album. So definitely check it out on Spotify. 
if you want that nostalgia turtle list. That's one of the biggest exclusives. Um, there's many more. I think Funko has a bunch of exclusives, so definitely go on that blog and check them out. Um, I think that's all I got, so definitely check out Comic-Con. The whole thing starts tomorrow for the panels. And just like I said, go on their website, and they'll, they'll give you the links to the panels. So right now, this is that time, but like I said, support your local vendors. Check out those exclusives. You know, it helps them out as well. Um, Biko, anything to add before we wrap up? Um, no. Uh, no, because we'll just bring the podcast down. <laughs> and I want to leave on a good note. Watch Comic-Con if you need more, you know, an update on the entertainment and shit. Uh, as if it even happens, you know, these are just announcements for... So... You know, just be skeptical on, on uh, what's actually going to come out. You know, things are, can easily be delayed, but these companies need to announce projects to keep us going and to keep us alive as far as entertainment goes. So it's nice to see that they're going to still post things up. Uh, and I honestly think the panels are going to be better off doing this online because you expo you're able to capture a wider frame of audience who may not be able to attend these comic cons and because they are rather expensive and a lot of the panels are you can only attend based on the timing and the schedule that they hold which could be limiting to people who want to get the best out of their day or whatever they paid for mm -hmm. so i think this is a good idea uh as far as them streaming uh their panels and you know, it's nice to get your mind to escape off of uh, things that are happening right now. So definitely pay attention to that. Uh, and, you know, get lost in Netflix. Don't say you can't find anything you can't watch. Because there's plenty of things you can watch. <laughs> watch the West Wing, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you keep pushing the West Wing, not, dude. I will not stop. You, um, you gotta stop pushing the West Wing, guys. But That's yeah, it. just, you know, continue to remain hopeful and don't get sick out there no matter what. Yeah, I'm going through that right now. And, uh, yeah, just don't get sick for what it's worth. Um, and don't be brighter days, guys. So, don't fucking... And go outside if you can. Just go outside for a walk or something. Don't, don't, you don't have Make to Make sure wear a mask, guys. Come on, we're all grown up here. You know, we're, like, I see one thing that I do want to add. There's all this misconception about masks, like, black and shit. It does not. It does not affect your, your saturation levels at all. Just make sure, if you're going to get a mask, make sure you're comfortable with it. Make sure you read the sizes. I know they come in different sizes, especially the cloth ones. If you don't want to wear the medical ones, that's fine. There's cloth ones out there. There's retailers that sell them. Look for the size that fits you. I think Target sells them too as well. And like I said, be mindful, man. Social distancing, wearing a mask, it helps. It does help. I mean, this has been scientific proven. It does help a little bit. Why do you think it's become a common thing like in other countries when somebody is sick, they wear masks as a courtesy to others? And I mean, I was watching this Japan video, Paolo from Tokyo. I like watching these. One of my favorite vloggers besides abroad in Japan. He, and he saw, what, even though Japan opened up, they're still wearing masks. And they're still wearing masks as an out of courtesy for everybody out there. Um, the one thing they did mention, he did mention was that right now, um, foreign travel is not allowed right now to Japan. So right now everything's just local right now because like I said they're just really opening but it's the price we have to pay right now. But I understand like you know big retailers like Walmart and all of them are announcing that now they're requiring masks and all their establishments. Like I said, be mindful. Wear a mask, guys. Find something that's comfortable. I mean, there's different styles out there. There's a Disney. I've seen styles like Disney ones. We has a bunch of them now. Uh, Three Stooges has. <laughs> if you go to their store, they got a bunch of masks right now. Everybody's making fucking. I mean, it's a fashion thing now. It's like, but like, I think one thing, it's more of a courtesy. You're helping. 
You're helping curb the, the spread. Even though you're not feeling... You could feel minor symptoms, but it's good to wear a mask if you're not feeling well. To me, that's a common courtesy. Yeah, they've been doing that for years. I mean, I've seen videos on Reddit that doctors, you know, they even... They, had, they were hooked up to machines showing a difference of the saturation levels. There was no change at all. The dude wore like two or three masks in the front of his face... And the oxygen levels did not change. Like, the saturation level did not move an inch. It stayed the same. So you see all those people out there, they, these anti-maskers, you know, saying, oh, we have a right to breathe, but you have a, t- you have a right to live, right? Nobody told you you can't breathe. If no one told you you can't breathe. It's like trouble breathing, and it, you're, that's already a different issue that you were already yeah. putting so, behind. So, I mean, right now you got to think about others besides yourself. You got to think about others, too. Because we're all fighting this pandemic, guys. We're all in this together. So if you're not feeling well, get tested. You know, social distance. Isolate yourself if you don't feel well. But make sure to get tested supportive. If you're not feeling well, just get tested. I got tested. I'm waiting for results. I'll say it out there. I'm waiting for results. Hopefully, I don't have it. But if I do, I'll make sure I follow properly procedures. So we're pretty much cleaning. Guys, make sure you buy yourself cleaner. Clean everything. Have hand sanitizers. You're really all helpful. Make sure you're practicing social distancing. Wear masks, basically when you're out in public. Um, and just in your, that's cool. But I would just have a mask on you at all times. Especially if you're walking around or you're near people. Definitely have that on you. You know, like I said, go outside and need to walk. Just wear a mask, you know. Keep in mind, be mindful. Um, social distancing right now. I know most restaurants are open right now. I think Chicago right now are possibly going back to restrictions again. They are. Because the cases are going up. And I totally understand that. But other than that, let's go back to more positive note, guys. Um, definitely check out Comic-Con at home. Look at the panels. You know, support the panels. I think they have views on Facebook and uh, YouTube as well. Look, up, look out for those exclusives. I think, like I said, if you go on the blog, I think it has a link of, or descriptions of each of the exclusives. Hopefully, I'm going to try to get the turtle figures. We'll see. That'd be kind of cool. But we'll see how it goes. Um, under that, take care of you guys. Don't forget, check out our past episodes on Spotify. Anchor, Google, Apple, and also we're on iHeartRadio, guys. We just we just got on there for like I don't know how many months now. Um, we also before we go, I also want to do a quick shout out to our listenerships out here in the U.S. But also, big shout out to our the biggest twenty percent listenership to our fans out in the great country of Ireland. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Hopefully, once this pandemic quiets down, maybe we'll save money and pay go out there and visit your country. I definitely want to do want to visit Dublin and check that out. I noticed some cool sites over there. I want to definitely check out, of course, the pubs. But definitely want to check out, like, there's different places that did, like, the Blarney Stone, Edinburgh Bridge. There's a bunch of places I want to check out there as well. I also want to shout out to our listenership in Germany and also in India. Thank you for listening to the show as well. Like I said, don't forget, check out our Patreon. Check out our merch store. Check out our Facebook page. Check out our Twitter. Do whatever you can to support your boys and help you guys, help us. You know, get to that next level of podcast glory. You know, we're getting a lot of listenership, but we want we feel we should get a big higher level. And every, any support that you guys can give us, we'll definitely appreciate it. Don't forget, support us on Patreon, support us on Twitter, support us on Facebook, and support us on any podcast platform that we're on. If you if you listen to us on Apple, leave us a good rating. If you listen to us on Spotify, give us that follow. If you listen on iHeartRadio, give us that follow. Any little thing will help as well. We will have videos streaming soon. We just have to work out the kinks. Um, you can follow me at the franchise eighty five on Twitter personally. Um, I am a casual gamer, so you can catch me on Twitch. Once I'm feeling a little bit better, 
I'll go back on Twitch. My channel is twitch.tv slash franchise. 685, all one word. Make sure to hit a follow button if you want to get notified of what games I'm playing. I pretty much try to play more of the... Kind of like the story-based, casual JRPG, possible vision novel games. I might go into The Walking Dead, Telltale Games. I just bought the Definitive Series. Um, there's some other games I just purchased as well to help me get through the streams. But definitely, I'm trying to get into that Twitch thing as well. So, um, if you guys have any ideas or topics for futures of the podcast, it's little as five bucks on Patreon. Give us your topic. We'll mention you by name. We'll give you a credit. Get your name out there. If you're like promoting something, we'll help you with that promotion. We help each other out. So, like I said, if you have any questions you want to ask me or Biko, you can tweet me, tweet us at you know, you can tweet me at Pot Talking. Use the hashtag Talk Pot, or you can go on the Facebook page. So it's Facebook.com/slash/TalkingBot. Post it on there. You usually post links to the podcast itself on there as well. So that's all I got for you guys. Biko, you got anything else to say before we sign off? No, just follow and support, guys. Appreciate it. Alright guys, that's it for this week. Enjoy Comic-Con at home. As always, geek on, take care, and wash your hands.